I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. First cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Players Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello, sir. How are we doing? I got a new microphone arm. Uh, we got a 10 to talk about. We got we got uh, Justin Thomas roller coaster adjacent to Spieth, just having a just a nightmare. Uh, there, it, this is it's been a fun day. I love, you know, we get 23 days a year, Rick, that um, I, I would say are like really special when you go majors, players, and then the team events. And uh, this was the first of those 23, so I'm I'm fired up about it. Oh, I love that. 18 holes in the books at the purest championship in golf. Before we dive into the chronological order of events from Thursday. Let's zoom out a little bit here, Kyle. Uh, the scoring average on Thursday was about three quarters of a stroke over par, 72.75 or so. That doesn't really tell the whole story. The afternoon wave dangerously close to a stroke, just less than that, more difficult than the morning wave. Yeah, I was I was actually just looking at that. I was trying to finish up kind of a recap of the round, which is always dangerous when there's like 50 guys still on the course. But, right. uh, you know, it it doesn't it, it was interesting. Aaron Oberhoser, <laughs> Oberholzer, I always screw that up, was tweeting about this, about how it, it's not like the wind picked up at TPC Sawgrass. Right. It just it just got more baked out. And actually, Morikawa, who shot 65, talked about this after his round. He said, uh listen it's getting it's getting baked out and i don't think they're going to water it the rest of the week which is you know music to our ears and music to call more cow's ears right because that's a that's a huge advantage a huge benefit to uh, to the best ball strikers yeah well this being one of those you know few dozen days of the year kyle we did not have to wait long 
for the excitement. The second group <laughs> that gets to number 17, the infamous Island Green, the sixth ball hit of the day goes down. Let's run it, Josh. Island Green. Yeah, I was starting on the left side of that tee box to really give myself a chance to throw it out right of that flag, use that slope. Oh, yeah, it's a save, hopefully. And we have a hole in one. I am so sorry for my squeak. Holy cow. Buckets for Buckley. <laughs> Hayden Buckley gets a Christina Kim squeak, gets a hat throw into the crowd, gets everybody all riled up on a Thursday morning. He hoops of uh, a shot from, I think it was 124 yards with pitching wedge KP, spins it back into the cup. Wow, somebody just actually almost just made one as we're as we speak chris kirk almost just made it um yeah it, it was awesome his reaction we didn't get to see him well we guess a little bit of his reaction but his reaction they had a side view of it and it was it was awesome it, it was a really cool way to start the day and you know i was looking back there haven't been you know for as much attention as 17 gets and i think 17 is fine there haven't been that many ones ever you know to, uh, i think, I think that 2000 was the, the 11th or something like that yeah, I think 2003 to 2016, there weren't any. So that's like whatever, 14 straight years. And then there have been a handful over the last five, six, seven years. I remember uh, Will Wilcox made one, Lowry, a handful of other guys. But uh, it was a pretty pretty cool way. I, th I feel like that pin, though, is, the, is usually the Friday pin. Right. I was going to say, uh, I don't have any data to back this up, but just, just memory says that's the ace pin. That, that four, yeah. whatever it is, four on, four from the right or whatever. And... Yeah, you usually don't see that on Thursday out of the gate. No, I, I agree. That was the pin that Sergio made his on, and uh, I think it was the year that, that he was won. Lowry's. That was Lowry's pin. That's uh, what they do. You throw, you throw it past the stick, you spin it back. Yeah, yeah, but but to your point, like I, I've, I'm not. I was not accustomed to seeing that pin on on uh, in round one. Hayden Buckley was shot out of a cannon, so that was his eighth <laughs> hole of the day. He makes the ace. He birdies 18. He birdies one. He was five under par very early in this championship. And then TPC Sawgrass bites back a little bit. Kyle bogeys on three, four, a double on six, a double on eight. He actually shot a 73, one over par. So great start to the day. Hayden Buckley could not uh, kind of keep it on track for the rest of his outing. Yeah, he had, let's see here. He goes, <laughs> I think I think um, Craig Perks said this on the uh, the the ESPN, like on the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? PGA Tour Live. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he was the first player to go one three on seventeen eighteen since like nineteen eighty three or something. Wow. So he goes one three three seventeen eighteen one, and then. Uh, somehow shoots 41 on on the front nine of the course his back nine on the day so kind of a uh it was a it was a weird i mean it was it was a cool day but it was kind of a weird day for uh for hayden buckley uh speaking of cool speaking of weird how about min woo lee who was literally in the first group out this morning and he got to six under at one point kyle with a string of birdies on 11 12 13 he gave a couple of back coming in but it was still a four under 68 that featured 
um, leg cramps and walking with a trainer who was what massaging him and stretching him out as this round continued. Yeah, it was a it was a normal sport bonanza this morning with Minwoo. Somebody suggested that the trainer that was working his leg looked like Joe Biden, which just. <laughs> Just killed me. It was so, I don't know why. So, you know, sometimes on these days we're watching so much golf and you're just so immersed in it that the weirdest stuff just makes you laugh. And that was one of the things that made me laugh today. I thought, I mean, it felt like he was maybe going to withdraw. Now, hearing him afterwards, it didn't sound as serious as it was sort of looking in the moment. He kind of just said, I was cramping. Uh, I hadn't really had electrolytes in the last few days. Which you're like, I mean, you're, I mean, it's not like 110 degrees out there, and you're just like, well, I, you know, it, it's not not a great look for the golfers or, or uh, athletes uh, mantra. But uh, men, we played great. Uh, he, I didn't realize this, right? He's 50th in the world. Is he already in the Masters? Oh, I can find out for you. Um, so the the thing that I find so interesting, so Minwoo has been, I mean, he's been great around the world. I, I think if, you know, he's just kind of come over to the PGA Tour here recently, made a made these series of starts and elevated events, but he's been crushing it on the DP World Tour. We've seen him pop up at times, but I, I do think it is kind of somewhat hilarious that the guy in the lead of the golf tournament is getting like physio treatment mid-round. It's like, yeah, this, he might win the golf tournament or he might WD. I have zero idea how this is going to play out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Abs- <laughs> Absolutely no clue. The other thing, I, and I, I uh, wrote this and was sort of tweeting about it, is it's it, we we talk about it, but we probably don't talk about it enough. That him and his sister are both ranked in the top fifty in the world. She's ranked in the top five on the women's side. That's 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 preposterous, right? Like that can't happen. If they are not playing together at the newly created what is it grant thornton invitational and if they are not the favorites uh something is very very she is unreal and he's a top 50 player in the world and he is as of right now uh not qualified for the masters so big week for that right because if if i mean if he finishes top 10 this week he's pretty much in the masters i would think uh because he's he's sitting on 50 right now so i think the tournament that you're referring to is the corda fowler invitational (laughs) yes that one uh, that that the lees (laughs) uh should should uh potentially potentially dominate so yeah fun fun day for him uh and he's a great guy too so uh rooting for minwoo the rest of the way colin morikawa this this felt like a good one seven under 65 with not a single blemish on the card. Uh, spectacular golf being played, Kyle. We can uh, 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 tackle this from a couple of angles. Let's start with his recent form, which was pretty much all over the place, right? He had the, the coulda, woulda, shoulda at the Tournament of Champions. Then he comes back and he, he, you know, he missed the cut. In, uh, if I get this right off the top of my head, he missed the cut in Phoenix. He missed the cut at Bay Hill. But he had the great start at Riv and the great start at Torrey Pines in between there. So it was kind of like Jekyll and Hyde in 2023 so far. Yeah. And it's a little bit, I'm interested on your take on this because data golf put out a thing today about how, you know, the, the, the common trope with Morikawa is, Hey, if he puts, if he gains a stroke on the greens uh, per round in a tournament, that's a wrap. Like he's going to win or he's going to finish second. That's basically what his career has been like. And, and they put out a graph that was kind of like, yeah, when he puts well, he wins, but also in the weeks that he puts well, he's, he's striking the ball even better than he normally does. So the, the, the thinking there is like, Hey, when he's on, he's like on, right? right. Like in, and not just in one category th- throughout the bag. And so 
I almost feel like his 2023 Rick is a microcosm of kind of what his career has been like where he's either um, and he hasn't missed a ton of cuts. So this maybe sounds weird to say, but he's either missed the cut or nearly won this year. And that's a little bit of um, what you like it, it, to me. That's a little bit of what his whole career has been. So what's interesting is I, I, I pretty much agree with you. So, so remember when he, when he first came out he rattled off what 18 or 19 cuts in a row. And it yeah, was like, yeah. it, it was, he was going for the tiger record. Right. And he was this really consistent golfer since then. He has gotten a lot more volatile in nature, right? His it, we knew his miscut rate was going to go up, but uh, you're right. You either get kind of ceiling or floor Colin Morikawa, which I would argue, if you're a top ten player in the world, yeah, and I think it's great. Yeah, you've made this. Yeah, it, this is what you want to do. You either win or you get two days off, and like you don't you don't have to worry about getting into anything. Like this is how the top guys want to play. His stat profile and his style of of golf is really good for winning tournaments. It, it is. And, you know, I, I think he's somebody I was trying to think of guys that have not played as well at TPC Sawgrass that you're like, I, why is this guy not played that? Well, we talked about Cantlay on Tuesday because Mark picked him in the one and done. And right. you're like, yeah, he should play great at TPC Sawgrass. I think Morikawa is another guy. You know, he he's very, for the most part, controlled off the tee. Um you know, I think he manages things very well. The, the thing about him at TPC Sawgrass is if the, if the wind gets up, you know, we've talked about that. He can get maybe a little uh, a little squirrely at times. But, uh, man, he's just – and he talked about this. He's like, if you're in the fairway, you're going to have a bunch of scoring opportunities. And he was in the fairway a bunch, and he had a bunch of scoring opportunities. So it, it makes – it doesn't make sense that he hasn't played well at this golf course. It does make sense that he would go out and shoot 65 in round one. Speaking of being in the fairway, the first of two interesting tailor-made equipment nuggets for this Thursday at the Players' Championship, Colin Morikawa went back to his four-year-old tailor-made sim driver in round one. I don't know no. if it's just a comfort level thing with, with the older equipment, if it is just uh, trying to find a little bit of that. Ma- like I, I think it is hilarious that Morikawa acted like 2022 was this absolute disaster. <laughs> like he's he's been around for so long and he couldn't believe he, he didn't win a golf tournament. And yeah. maybe it's a little bit of an overreaction. I thought the way that he treated his 2022, but maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit of that and going back to some old clubs. Uh, yeah, he got asked about this after his round actually. And Somebody said you you change drivers the way most people change putters or something. And he's like, <laughs> not really. Like I don't really change my equipment that much. So I don't know. He he gets he gets asked weird questions. Uh, it he seems gets like- asked weird questions, and he always gives like just slightly less weird answers. So it makes <laughs> it makes it makes the question asker look weird, but his answers are also weird. So it's like he's just the the less weird guy in the interaction. Well, I I think there's a <laughs> yeah, I think there's a way to sort of protect the question asker and uh <laughs> He doesn't do it, which is fine. That's his prerogative. I'm I'm not being critical of that, but uh, yeah, I forgot what we were even. Oh, the the uh, the driver. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the deal was there. There's some there's the Taylor made drive. It was a I don't know if it was a great day for Taylor made uh, Taylor made's driving uh, category. No, more on that in just one second. Looked for a long time on this Thursday that Colin Morikawa was going to be your first-round leader until Chad Ramey entered the scene, obviously. An eight-under bogey-free 64. He gained five strokes putting, but do we have his 
do we have his results coming in? Do we have something uh, they, that looks they like weren't, that? They weren't good. Yeah, here we go. Um, lots of missed cuts. A, a, a last place finish at the Tournament of Champions. His last 10 starts, his best finish. I mean, it was that 38th, but that was last. Otherwise, it was a T54. I mean, this, this is that classic uh, golf is weird edition number 10,562. Yeah, so it's, it's um, last five starts, T54, T70, cut, cut, cut. Beats Rory by 12 on Thursday. And you're like, I, this game is stupid and you should never wager on it. Um, no, I, I mean, listen, like, Ramey, he, he, it was a cool day, right? You, you shoot 64 TPC Sawgrass in your first round there. That's awesome. I've never been more confident that the first round leader of a big event was not going to win than I am a Chad Ramey. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Like he, he's, he's a fine player. He won last year in Puerto Rico. Um, he, he's, he, he gained five strokes with his putter and he's not playing that great. He's just, it, 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 no, listen, like the flip side of that is, he gives he gives the tournament a sort of identity as an underdog, right? If he goes out and does take down Scheffler, Morikawa, uh, Sam Burns, Hovland, Spieth, it, it's a little bit of last week with with Kurt Kitayama. So it, it's 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 a lo- it's a excuse me it's a win win situation for him because if he fades, whatever he wasn't supposed to be there anyway. But if he if he doesn't fade, then it's a really cool situation not just for him but I think for the tournament. Yeah, so uh, a couple other little statistical nuggets. That was his best putting round ever by like two and a half strokes. He was a thousand to one to win this golf tournament before it started. And DraftKings, for DFS purposes, stuck him with the minimum price available, six thousand dollars. So that was the uh, that was the sentiment on Ramey heading into the event. I'll I'll, I'll update his uh, his betting odds currently. When we get to that on the other side, but yes, uh, not not much confidence from Las Vegas that that Ramey's going to close this thing out. No, no. <laughs> uh, let's get to a couple nor, of notables nor from, here. Nor from Kyle Porter. <laughs> yeah, nor from nor from Texas either. The uh, notables. Let's start with Rory McIlroy, whose uh, day got off to a rough start. A double out of the gate on number ten. He immediately got one of them back at eleven, but another bogey on fifteen. Another on number one, another on number three, another on number nine. It was just a rough day for Rory that ended up with a four over 76 and uh, generally did not have his superpower KP, which is the driver. He just put himself in a lot of bad, awkward spots and that compounds errors at TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, it does. You know, it, it, it's, it's intriguing because he I, last time I looked, he was positive strokes hand off the tee. I think he was like twenty fifth in the field, and that's true. I mean, because it's just math, right? But right. you watch him, and you're like, he just didn't put himself in good scoring positions. So that's where it's a little bit of, and and also he didn't he didn't drive the ball as well as Rory McIlroy normally does, that's you know. It. Um, and so I, I thought that he, he, here's the way I sort of said it on HQ. I thought that he, um, didn't score because he didn't drive it that great. He, he had the right miss going on for most of the first part of his day, but then his score ballooned because his short game was bad. 
So like he he could have shot 73 or 72 if he had made a putt over four feet before the last putt of the day, or if he hadn't left a ball in the bunker on nine uh, on his last hole of the day. So it was kind of a, it was kind of two different things. It was like, yeah, he didn't score because he didn't really put himself in position to score, but his score shot up and he shot 76 because the short game just wasn't very good. Yeah. There was a whole, um, I don't remember what number it was, but he was in, I think it was a par five. He was in the pine straw. Then he hits, oh, I think it was 16. In the pine straw, hits this unbelievable shot to get it on the green, give himself a chance for eagle from 28 feet, then three putts from there. So it's like bad drive, unbelievable second, three jacks from 28 feet and doesn't get to take advantage of the good stuff. And it just seemed like every, it was on the wrong side of everything. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, he was. Um, and and it, it's, you know, some people are like, well, he was he was eight down to Rom last week, and uh, that's true. And he came back and almost won the tournament. Now he's eleven down to Morikawa. I mean, he listen, broke your out. She's sixty three on Friday, and nobody would be super surprised. I I just don't you to do that now. You you have to play pretty perfectly off the tee and from tee to green at a place like TPC Sawgrass. And he just doesn't seem, he doesn't seem like locked in with his driver and, and, and just sort of overall, if you want to touch on that. Yeah. So the, the other aspect here is that he made the switch to Taylor made uh, stealth two driver on Tuesday night at Riviera. And we kind of saw, you know, since then it's been a little erratic and I thought uh, he finally got asked or he finally gave us the reason on why he did that. I thought it was pretty interesting. So his old driver, which was what the sim, I think it was the sim two. Is that what he was using prior? I think it was the forgiveness. Oh, sorry. Okay. So I think that was the name of the driver. I, I don't really? know. I, I don't know. No, I don't know what they're called. I don't, okay. I'm not, I'm not a gearhead. Okay. I think it was the Sim 2. And he was saying that at Riviera, they were testing drivers. They test like the springiness. Yeah. They trust, they test the club faces. This is the thing that this was one year Xander's Xander's didn't pass. Right. And Rory, uh, felt that his driver was not going to pass. So he made the switch. And the reason that he thought that is because he hits it so hard. We see this with the long drive guys as well. well. The more you hit this driver, the springier it gets. And I guess he could feel it or he could look at his ball speeds or he could look at his smash numbers and know, hey, this is probably not going to pass. And he didn't even want to risk the bad look on Rory, the bad look on Taylor made for having a club in his bag that wasn't going to pass. But that's like, that's like three or four levels deep into this. Pro- I thought that was a very interesting situation. He was describing. It was interesting. And it was funny to watch him. I wasn't there obviously, but it was funny to sort of see him walk through what he was talking about. Cause you could almost see him remember uh, when Bryson got eviscerated during the 2021 open after he said the driver sucks because the implication from Rory was that the driver is not exactly what he's been looking for. Right. Uh, but then at the, like in the middle of it, he was like, you know, it's a lot of user error too. Like I'm not hitting the ball that well. <laughs> and that was, it, it, it seemed a little bit like he was just, uh, I mean, it's, it's true. He's not swinging it as 
well as he normally does. But it seemed a little bit of like, oh, I remember what happened to Bryson after he he said some of this stuff, and he right. was trying to trying to save it a little bit. You 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 want to be critical of the equipment, but you don't want to be critical of the equipment. You've got to kind of dance well, around it, and make that and, and it, it, one of the hardest things I think for for people. For, for golfers that are self-aware at that level is when we've talked about this a million times, you have to be, you have to have like just comic self-belief to the point that you're blaming literally anything except for yourself because that engenders like, well, it can't be me. Like it engenders self-confidence. Right. But Rory's pretty self-aware and he, he doesn't want to throw like everybody under the bus. So I don't know. It was just, it was sort of funny to like, watch somebody like that walk through that series or that sequence of, of conversation. As of right now, Rory approximately four shots off the cut number. We'll see where uh, that kind of wraps up. A couple guys, I believe still out on the golf course, but he's got, he's got some work to do on Friday. Scotty Scheffler, slow and steady out of the gate. Steady Scotty makes nine consecutive pars to start his day holes, 10 through 18. He gets a couple of birdies. On one and two, three more birdies at six, seven, and nine, offset by just one bogey at number five. And uh, stop me if you've heard this before, Kyle. Scotty Scheffler in the mix after the first round. Yeah, Scheffler's going to win, uh, just like he was going to win last week at the Arnold Palmer, and then didn't. I, you know, I was I was talking to somebody today, Rick, about. I think one of the most. I mean, obviously, he's a gifted ball striker, like just. Awesome off the tee, great iron player. He's got all the gifts, but his course management, Rick, is is really good. And I think it's a little bit of an underrated aspect of his game. Um, the eighth hole, I don't know if you're watching their group. So it was Rom, Rory, and Scheffler. And Rory ends up kind of, I think it was a little bit long. Rom's off to the right. He ends up making four on, on the par three. And Scheffler just hits this shot to the like the meat of the green on the left side doesn't even really try to make a three or excuse me a two ends up making a two putt three i think his par was from like a foot and a half and it's like yeah that's probably what you should do he's just very good at, at sort of knowing when to attack and when to lay back picking his spots and I think that's a more difficult thing to do than people would imagine. It's very difficult to stay disciplined when you're at the level that Scheffler's at because he does in his mind think like I have all the shots, I can do anything, right? And so the discipline to not do anything and just to kind of manage your way around, I think is is really, really impressive. And I think he's going to end up winning this golf tournament. Uh, well, I agree with you, brother. Here, Here is the stat line. 4.7 in the positive from T to green, and he lost 0.2 with the putter. So game yep. that out, and he's basically gaining 19 strokes from T to green, <laughs> losing the, one with the putter. Like, this is literally what he has done for 12 months straight. I was going to say, like, you were big on this in Phoenix, and I thought it was a great point. Like, this is just kind of who he is. You know, it's or at incredible. least right, at least right now. And I, I you know, I, I put this out there like I think he's kind of underrated still. Uh, you know, he, he I, we might have talked about this on Tuesday. He came into the week uh, two strokes better in ball striking than the second best ball strike uh, per tournament, not per round. Two strokes better per tournament, which is a lot than the second best ball striker in the world so far in 2023. I think it was Luke List was second. Mm. 
that's a lot of strokes. I mean, that's a lot of strokes to be better than like the 10th best, much less the second best. Um, so yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, he hasn't played well at TPC Sawgrass. I think he only has two starts there, maybe three, but, uh, man, it just, he, he's just always in it. You know, he just, it's not exciting necessarily. It's kind of boring at times. And you look up and he's seven under nine under 12 under and, and, uh, in the mix on the back nine on Sunday. Uh, the third man in that featured group this morning was John Rahm. Uh, they started on 10, so he gets birdies on 16 and 18, then nothing until number eight where he makes a bogey. So that is 15 pars, two birdies, and one bogey for a one under round of 71. Fourth from Tita Green for John Rahm, 110th with the flat stick. So that is the type of profile KP that's just like ready to erupt, ready to bounce back. Yeah, you know, I thought he it, – it was interesting because I thought he kind of – he didn't putt it very well, obviously, like you said. And he didn't have – what was the thing we were talking about coming into the week? The left miss. He yeah. didn't He didn't have that miss going, which I thought was encouraging. Now, I will say his short game at times – there were a couple of holes, um, I think 11 – where he has to lay up. He hits a kind of a bad drive a little bit to the left, not way left, but a little bit uh, lays up and then just hit like a, I didn't see the shot. I just saw the, the shot link on it. It was a really bad approach shot. Did you see the shot on 11? I did not. No, I did not see it. It was early. It was like their second hole of the day. It was probably like two 30 in the morning, your time, but then he gets up and down from, uh, from like a tough bunker shot at 11 to make five. And so I, I thought he, he was not really sharp from T to green, but his short game, um, at least like around the greens and kind of in the bunkers saved him a, a, a little bit at times on, on Thursday. Uh, before we go to the odds board, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron wise, we were going to have a little bit of fun Ugh. at your expense here. It was an 80, for Aaron Wise, though he stepped on the 18th tee, his final hole of the day, Kyle, just two over par. And when the golf course is playing, you know, three quarters of a shot over in the afternoon wave, it's playing one and a quarter, two overs, not so bad. Uh, Aaron Wise hit what appeared to be, and you can kind of see it in the graphic here on the shot leg, almost three identical shots directly into the water. I mean, they, they landed within <laughs> a yard of one another. Yeah, he's accurate for sure. Uh, so here's my take on this. Your fourth shot is not the one that you hit way out to the right. At that point, just keep pulling for the, <laughs> for the, for the left side, right? Like if you want to hit it way out to the right, do it on the second or third. After that, it, it's already over anyway. So you might as well just keep going for it. I'll, I'll give him a pass on the second one because you hit the first one and you're like, okay, well, you know what? I, I, I think I had the right call. I had the right club. Let me just try that again. When you hit an identical second shot, your third one can't be the same exact thing. Right, you got to just right. change a club. You got to spray it into the pine straw. You got to do something. Do you think it's a worse feeling to be hitting seven off the tee or to – uh, miss a one-handed putt from nine inches like Nick Watney did. What do you think? What What would you rather happen in the Players Championship to you? Um, I think honestly hitting seven off a tee. 
I think that would be worse too, because I think the one-handed putt miss, you're kind of like, it's, it's a little bit of, um, it's a little masochistic at that point to where you're like, right. I kind of want to miss this because I'm so yeah. mad. I think hitting seven off the D would be the worst feeling that you could have on a, on a golf course. I'll tell you what, he made a hell of a four. Uh, unfortunately, it was with his fourth ball. His, four, his, his second sleeve. His fourth tee shot into the pine straw, hits it down the fairway, stuffs it to three feet, makes the putt. It ends up being a 10. He is now currently uh, that 80 is eight over a tied for. I mean, he beat. He beat Lucas Herbert. He didn't finish. He didn't finish dead last through through round one. Um, anything else on this side before we go talk about the betting favorites and the and the odds board? Uh, I'm just rolling through the top of the board. Justin says five under still on the golf course. That's pretty interesting to me. Uh, Sam Burns has not been playing that great. He shot 68. Uh, let's talk about Hovland and Spieth real quick at three under. Okay, yeah, both these guys in the afternoon wave, so kind of on the wrong side of it. We'll start with we'll start here with Jordan Spieth, Kyle. Uh, birdie on birdie on two. That's the par five. Gives it back at seven, so he makes the turn at even par, and then he rattles off birdies on 10, 11, and twelve. An offsetting pair of uh, one birdie, one bogey on fourteen and sixteen. So that's a three under sixty nine for Spieth. It was fun. It's always fun. Uh, I don't know if it's always fun. It's always entertaining. Yeah. I don't know how high my trust level is with him right now at, at Sawgrass. If this is Augusta. I think it's a little different, but some of these tee shots, man, they're, they're really difficult and you can just, I, I love this golf course. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a architecture nerd. I don't really know what I'm talking about. I just enjoy watching professionals play this golf course because it, it doesn't seem, it seems like you can make seven like pretty quickly. And a lot of the golf courses that PJ tour goes to, it doesn't, doesn't really seem like that. And, and I mean, make seven on like a bunch of different holes pretty quickly. That that's, that's well i don't know if it's fun but that's interesting that makes the golf interesting and i think with speed i just i feel like there's a, a maybe a couple sevens coming uh maybe not he doesn't play well here and i think there's a reason for that uh but it was it was at least entertaining on on day one i would i would i would honestly be pretty surprised if he was like really in the mix late on sunday me too but you know, crazier things have happened. Uh, Victor Hovland also goes out in even par 36, comes in. How about this, Kyle? Birdieing four of his last five holes, 14, 15, 16, 18, including uh, a close call on 16 where he had to stand on his tippy toes on the uh, the railroad ties there, or whatever you call it, the bulkhead, and hit a, hit a great putt and tapped it in for birdie. Uh, yeah, he... He uh, he played really. He had a lot of really good, kind of um, unique shots coming home. I mean, the shot he hit on fourteen was a joke. Yeah, he was on the other side of a mound with. I, it looked like some trees kind of overhanging, at least to some extent. And he hits it to like nine feet or seven feet or something. I'm just something up. I mean, I thought Brad Faxon was going to come out of the broadcast booth. He was <laughs> losing his mind. It was, it was a really, really good shot. And uh, he's another guy that 
I think he's very smart about course management at TPC Sawgrass. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not as if like the, I, I could be great at course management at TPC Sawgrass. That doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to win the golf tournament, right? So you still got to hit a bunch of really hard shots. But uh, I don't know. It wasn't as encouraging maybe as Scheffler's because I think boring is actually encouraging. Hovland's was a little bit too exciting. Um, almost hits in the water on 16, like you said. There, there was, you know, could have made a five on 14. There was a lot of different things going on. But uh, I'm glad he's in the mix as my one and done. He's he so he's working with Joe Mayo now, and this cat is something. He 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 just talks the entire time, and he'll be like two clicks that way, blah blah blah, like just like just a million words a minute, and then just Victor just hits a seed. Like I, I've seen it in action; it's unbelievable. I don't understand anything this guy's saying, but they're speaking a completely different language out there, and they are like technically dialed into everything. Yeah, which is it. um, <laughs> it's it's a fascinating world. And one that I'm pretty unfamiliar with, but it seems like it's working. And I think that, man, it'd be fun if he got in the mix. You know, we, we talked about who, who needs like a, like a signature win. This would be, this would be a big time, I think, leap for him, even though he's been in the top 15 in the world for, or, or top, top 10, top 15, top 20 for the last couple of years. I think winning the players championship at this sort of juncture of the PGA tours history and, with how good the golf has been this year, I think this would be a, uh, if, if he can stay in it, maybe get in the mix with Scheffler, Morikawa, that'd be a, that'd be a pretty big deal for Victor Hovland. We're going to take a look at the odds board and see what Vegas thinks his chances are for winning the players championship. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet 
comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. Colin Morikawa is the favorite to win the 2023 Players' Championship. No surprise. Seven under par, plus 330 over at Caesars Sportsbook. Scotty Scheffler lurking four shots off the pace and three shots behind Morikawa is plus 450. There's Victor Hovland. That afternoon round of 69 moves him to 7-1. to one. Jordan Spieth, same thing, 11-1. to one. John Rahm, one of your pre-tournament favorites, is 16-1. to one. And then we round it out with Jason Day at 22-1. to one. And Justin Suh, who, as you mentioned, Kyle, five under par, still a couple of holes to play. Uh, this round has been suspended, so we'll have to finish that up on Friday morning. He's just three off the pace, and he's got – Six, he is, he's got a 28 footer for Eagle coming back on Friday morning on 16. So that's the odds board. I, I don't, I don't really love these numbers. I don't like Hovland at seven. I don't like, I would like Hovland at maybe 11. I don't like Spieth at 11 though. I, I would like everybody at the person below them, like their number. <laughs> yeah, that would <laughs> like I would nice. like Rom at 22, not at 16. Um, Scheffler, would you rather have Scheffler or Morikawa here? I'm pretty sure Scheffler's going to win. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> am too. <laughs> I mean, everything. I mean, we we talked about we talked about this for a month. We've talked about it. I we both picked him to, to win before the tournament. You talked about kind of the lack of stress, and that is so critical. And I, I mean, like. I'm, I'm watching it. Like I'm watching how to win golf tournaments every single week with Scotty Scheffler, or at least give yourself a chance. And I'm pretty sure he's going to win. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I agree. <laughs> so I guess if that's true, we'd, we'd rather have Scheffler at, uh, at four, at, what is that? Nine to two. Yeah. This is, I, these I, are not, I, they're not super, they're not super great. Uh, Justin I mean, Sutt, 22 is kind of like, but he's, I don't he's know. probably not going to win. Like he might right. drain this Eagle. He'll, he'll drain this Eagle on Friday and he'll move to 12 to one. But like, I don't think he's actually, I mean, I guess Rom getting Rom now longer than he was before the tournament after having uh, a, a minus two day with the putter is interesting, but I, I think it should be longer. Yeah, no, I, I agree about Rom because he's he's uh, he seems pretty volatile, but going in the right direction uh, for the rest of the event. So, yeah, I think Rom at uh, at sixteen. Uh, we got a, somebody in the comments said the real lead is is seven under, which is true. Our first, what's the real lead of the year? Yeah, I I I, I mean, can I go? beyond that like what who's who's yeah okay so how about this you want to take a stab at what are what do you think chad ramey's odds are so he's actually leading the golf tournament what what has what has caesar's uh set his odds at i would be surprised if it was shorter than like 40 
Yeah, he's 30, 35. Okay. So you're close. Uh, okay, yeah. So a little bit further would be Sam Burns at 25 to 1. Max Homa's at 27. Siwoo is 28. Keegan, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Patrick Cantlay, and Taylor Pendrith are all 40 to 1. Minwoo's 55. What's what did did Cam Young make a big number coming in? Because he's 55 he, to 1. Yeah, he must have. He bogeyed 18. So he went birdie on 16, birdie on 17, bogey on 18. That would have been nice to get in. Homa's 20. Homa's Homa's even. Why is he 27 to 1? He should be longer than that, right? Did is he why is Homa 27 and Cantley is 40? They're both even. Yeah, these are these are tough. These are tough. Yeah, Cantley. I mean, Cantley had that's uh, that's actually first off quite perceptive because Patrick Cantley had shorter odds to win this golf tournament before the tournament started than Max Homa. Um, yet now they are both at even par. Homa's 27 to one, Cantley's 40. I guess the argument is. Homa played on the harder side of things, but boy, that doesn't really matter anymore moving forward, does it? Unless, unless, unless Caesars thinks there's another wave split coming. Yeah, I think you know this. This um, JT shot one over. That's what Rory probably should have shot today. Uh, this this tournament is so. I mean, remember when JT came from like ten back after two rounds uh, two years ago in 2021? He shot like. I don't, I'll get the numbers wrong, 67, 66 or something on Saturday, Sunday. So it, it can happen. I mean, it, it, somebody brought this up on the broadcast. Like, this is a very, it might have been, uh, I think it might have been Brad Faxon. Him and McGinley were great together, by the way. But you can, you can go, and th- maybe this is why I like Sawgrass so much, because you can go and shoot 65, but then you can also like pretty easily go shoot 75. And it doesn't feel like we get that variance in scoring that often on the PJ tour. So I honestly, Rick, I might go deeper on, on this and go with like, can't lay at 40 or somebody like that. Just, yeah. There's a, there's a really good chance. This leaderboard looks completely different tomorrow. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it will. And I think that you could get some of those guys that even like a JT at one over is not, certainly not out of it. So I, I would look at the, at the minus one with Rom, the even with like a, a can't lay and a, I don't know, maybe Adam Scott Xander's at even. Uh, and then the one overs with, uh, with Finau JT and, and just see if you can like, I don't know, pick off some of those guys. 2021 JT went 71, 71, 64, 68. Yeah, I mean that, and that's that's not that's not crazy. He just started making putts, and it was it was super fun. So this 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 tournament does seem to do that, where you get that. Remember when Roberto Castro shot sixty three in the first round that one year? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of what the Chad Ramey thing feels like. Of like it, it identifies these kind of you know guys that had great days early, but then like the 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 ball strikers seem to rise up by the end. We're rooting for you, Chad. Prove everybody wrong. Go win the players. <laughs> That'd be great. It'd be a great story. Go win the players' championship. All right. We'll be back after uh, rounds two, three, and four to break down everything you need to know for this week's players' championship. Big thanks, producer Josh, doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS on Twitter. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.